This podcast is brought to you by Men's Tea Clinic. Men's Tea Clinic is the team I trust with my total wellness optimization, and so should you. Five DFW locations with North Frisco, El Dorado Parkway at Dallas North Tollway now open. Call 972-GO-MEN'S-TEA or visit mensteaclinic.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan. You got me, Kevin Hagelin. You have Mike Bassick, Corey Majors, and in studio with us today is also Joey Erickson, of course. But also joining us in studio is Derek Holland. Good morning, sir. Good morning. I'm just Uh, glad to be back with everybody again. This is your second time already this week. The damn show was really good. I called it uh, Dame Time. Nice. Look at you. I call it Dame Time because I included Joey. Uh, so I wanted to make sure that Joey was involved. So I'm going to call y'all show Dame Masterpiece. Okay. Is that okay? I mean, you, you can call it whatever the hell you want. Is Did you guys enjoy the show on Monday or what's on your mind right now? Those are your two options. I thought we did pretty good. I mean, I, I this was more of the uh, everything you guys taught me kind of thing. And go out there and see what we can do. Nice. That's uh, so I was trying to go with Mike on that. We talked the night before about topics and stuff. He was he was just showing me. Mike definitely ran the show. He did a great Ho! job of that. Uh, but yeah, I was trying to do everything you guys taught me. Just try to keep the flows right. And Were you on the text that he sent us? He was like, in your face, I built a run sheet. And I yeah, was like, yeah, oh, yeah. I feel I mean, like we support you on this, Mike. The, the funniest thing is every time when you get, even if I'm not here, Mike text in that group chat where I'm involved oh, yeah. as if I'm going to say something to what we got to do for the show. If people don't know this, I used to be a producer. That's how I got into sports talk. What? Radio is I took a job at about $3,000 a month for uh, producing a show. Now, the great thing is, is I did have to pretty much come up with the run sheet through help, but it was only four topics a day. Oh, yeah. That's so, right. so sometimes five. So that makes putting together a run sheet much easier when you're like, come up with five topics. You're like, this is great. Now when I come up with 16 to 20 topics, you're like, son of a B. <laughs> like, I mean, you know, the Mavericks, how did they play last night? Nobody knows. They haven't played in a week, but mm-hmm. they do get to play tomorrow finally. They how do. are the Rangers doing? They're tossing the ball around. Heck yeah. Cowboys. How are the Cowboys doing? Watching film. There yeah, They're in Cabo. Are they? Watching film. Will McClay is watching film okay. right now. All right. Will McClay and Dude, some of those other people. We are weeks away from free agency, as we call it in Dallas, free agency slash spring Highland break. Park spring break. <laughs> Dude, the scouting I just wish they didn't happen up. at the same time. Yeah, I also wish that. So, Combine's next week. Are you excited? Yes, it is. Yes, dude. Until the NFL. We're going to be out of town the whole time, too. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> now, there's an article in the Dallas Morning News saying strikeouts are sexy. So there's a lot to unpack here. First of all, do you think strikeouts are sexy? And also, I have numbers about how this staff could excel or fail based off of that metric. Real quick, if nobody saw this commercial, if you're too young, I get it. Because I'm going to guess it was right around the 
late 90s, early 2000s. Chicks Dig the Long Ball. Chicks Dig the Long Ball by Greg Maddox and Tom Glavin. I think those were the two guys. I know Glavin. I mean, I know Maddox 100% was. Was Smoltz in there? I almost said Schmoltz. It was one of the best baseball commercials ever from two pitchers going, Chicks Dig the Long Ball. Maybe it was all three Braves pitchers, but that was such a great commercial. Whoever created that commercial needs to come back to Major League Baseball and start creating more commercials. Okay. I think it was Glavin and Maddox. I think you're right about that. I don't remember Schmoltz being in it. What about Schmoltz? I love Schmoltz, though. Schmoltz or Schmoltz? Schultz. Smoltz was the sexiest of the three because he did strike out the most. Okay. And I always remember this. That guy, and he was a great person. He still is a great person. But in 2007. <laughs> really? Once he retired. That's out. great to know. Like, that really is good to know. Like, I I really admire John Smoltz. To hear yeah. that he's a good person is also he is awesome. Person. That's he, great. He's, I don't know. He's in his late 30s, my last year in the major leagues in 07. And he's throwing the ball about at this point. He's gone back into the rotation after rotation, closing, now back in the rotation. He's throwing the ball about 92, 94. And in the third inning, I'm on the Nationals, and we get the bases loaded with nobody out. And this guy, who's almost 40 years old, who lives around 92 to 94 now, starts throwing the ball 96 to 99 miles an hour. (laughs) And I'm like, I remember looking at my teammate going, you got to be kidding me. He can still throw it close to 100 miles an hour when he needs to. Incredible. I'm still throwing hard right now. I just threw it. We threw live BP uh, to some guys uh, yesterday. Delano Shields was there, which is cool. I haven't seen him in a little bit. His his uh, sister's playing now for the Wings. Yep. And, uh, yeah, I was uh, sitting 93. So, I mean, we're there. We're still throwing hard. Was it 99, though, was it? It's not because I never got 99. It's difficult to get there. Um, I have, chain and I have everything. some stats. It's not that quick. hard off the bat. I've thrown plenty of 86s that end up 104. <laughs> <laughs> we did a study. Uh, we did a study a, a few <laughs> years ago. I can't remember exactly what year it was, but there was there was one year where we looked and every single playoff team was one of the top eight in strikeouts. Yeah. Like, it was one through eight or one through ten. It was all of them were the best at strikeouts. Yeah. And I was like, wow, that's insane. That is that the key? And so we've been kind of tracking this, and every year about the top five, about five teams are leading in strikeouts and in the playoffs and go further. Here are last year's top ten strikeout teams, Kevin. Ooh, okay. Number ten, the Phillies. This is this is they made pitching, it to the World Series. Pitching strikeouts. <laughs> they made it to the World Series. So that's good. Marlins, different story. So we'll move on Look, from that. You're not gonna be. 10 They're an outlier. 10. All right. There's always that room for error. The White Sox were they good last year? Not they as good as expected. Soft. They were in the mid, like literally in the middle. All right. They were number eight. The Padres, number number seven. The Yankees, number six. The Dodgers, number five. Astros, number four. Whoa. Brewers, Braves, Mets. All of those teams played a wow. significant role in last season. Yeah. Most of them, I mean, four of those teams won 100 games. The Yankees needed one more to get there. Hey, how many of those teams made it to the playoffs? Uh, I think seven of them. The first seven? Yeah, I believe okay. so. Mets, Braves. Bre- oh, did the Mets miss? No, no, the Mets okay. were in. They Mets, in. Braves, Brewers, Astros, Dodgers, Yankees, Padres. Phillies. And then the Phillies were yeah. number 10. So, the, okay. the, so yeah. that should it's showing significantly every year that if your team collects strikeouts, they're probably going to make it to the playoffs. You're probably winning a lot of games. Yes. Okay. So here is the positive news. Yes, they are sexy. They are so sexy. I had to do it while you were looking at me like it, that. I appreciate that. Is Here's the positive, then we'll get into potentially the negative. The intended rotation... One would assume for the Rangers is DeGrom, Heaney, Evaldi, Perez, and Gray. 
Those guys struck out 618 of the 2,351 batters they faced last year. If that's a lot of numbers, let me boil it down for you. That's 26.3% of the hitters that they faced. In the last 10 years, when strikeouts have really taken off, only six staffs in baseball have surpassed that number. And that would put them on pace to have 920 strikeouts for the Rangers. No Rangers staff has ever had 900 strikeouts. So on the surface, the potential, I use that key word, is there. What did you just say? That this. No Rangers. No Rangers rotation has ever had 900 strikeouts. That would put this group on pace for 920. So it would be the most in Rangers history and the seventh highest strikeout percentage of the last decade for any pitching staff. Wow. So to Corey's numbers from this from last year and a couple of years ago, that would seem very promising. So looking at the rotation, strikeout wise, you got DeGrom is definitely going to be a strikeout machine. Yep. That's obvious. Avaldi will be a strikeout machine. He's going to get things going. I can pretty much guarantee that. Uh Gray he can be a strikeout machine as well. He has a very, very good fastball. He's got good stuff. Being out of Colorado helps, I think, just being the adjustment here. Obviously dealt with injuries last year. He's going to be a strikeout machine. Heaney is going to be your, in my opinion, and I, I hope I'm wrong, I think he's your guy that's going to be the the middle. He's not going to really get as many strikeouts, but uh, he'll still you know, he'll hold his own. Martin Perez is going to mix and match because uh, he can. there's going to be days where he can strike out the world and there's days where he just gets double plays left and right. So yeah. he's he's the other guy. So there's your that's your five guys, right? Did I name all five? Yep. So I think you're definitely going to see some mass improvements of the strikeouts. That's why I keep saying the Rangers will be in the playoffs this year. Their pitching is the key. I mean, that's the main thing. Got to stay healthy. And I, I also want to look at, too, is what does the bullpen look like? Because that's your big key there. Sorry. I wa- no, no, no. I want to get to that in just one second because that is a very valid point. If I have to, little devil's advocate or maybe the opposite Do it. side. I dare you. That I will. I'm sorry in advance for this. That same group, DeGrom, Heaney, Evaldi, Perez, Gray. Last year, they combined for 101 starts. That's less than two-thirds of a season. So all of those fantastical numbers that I gave you about they could be the seventh highest percentage in this, they could be the most strikeouts in Rangers rotational history, those are all positive things. As you brought up, the tough part... 101? Mm-hmm. 101 so out of 161 more games. Yeah. And look, whether depending on what you think about Odorizzi, Dunning, Otto, whoever your group is... Lighter. That's not... No, I mean, not yet, I don't know about that, Rocker. is No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay. That's not the group that Sheesh. if you tell me that Odorizzi, Dunning, and Otto are each going to start 20 games this year, I'm going to be like, concerns. oh, crap. Yeah. You got to touch your mic. I wanted yeah. to real quick. I'm trying to do it. this. There's Unfortunately, the Mariners made the postseason last year, which brings up all their postseason stats, but regular season stats, because I just want to uh, have you, Derek. They were 12th in strikeouts, by the way. Okay. Total. So if I look at their pitching, because we say, hey, the Rangers staff, and I do really like the Rangers staff, uh, Robbie Ray, 
pretty darn good pitcher, right? 189 Fair. innings, 212 strikeouts. Logan Gilbert, 185, two innings, 174 strikeouts. I, I do really like him. They had a, a rookie come up, uh, George Kirby, who had 25 starts, 11 quality starts, 130 innings pitched, 133 strikeouts. Marco Gonzalez is a touch and feel guy. Like mm-hmm. he's a guy that's gonna the ball is gonna be put in play. Uh, they traded for people forget this Luis Castillo, who is still there. That's a good. Do you pickup. like their rotation more than the Rangers' rotation? If I rank them in this order, if I go Robbie Ray one, Luis Castillo two, Logan Gilbert three, George Kirby four, Marco Gonzalez five. I would say right now, on paper, I'm taking the Rangers rotation. Okay. Uh, but again, it's going to come down to health. Now with the Mariners, those young guys getting their second year in, getting seen, getting a little more video on them, that's going to change a lot of what happens. Let's see how they rebound from that. I think they're going to deal with a little bit of adversity, but not too much, I think, just because of how the rest of that core of rotation. Yeah, and they proved last year, right? Here's the tough they thing is it. they proved that they can win. They've gone back-to-back yeah. years at 90 wins. One year it didn't make the playoffs for them. That's the thing is the Rangers are going to have to figure out how to get most likely to, I'll say, 87 wins last year. 86 was the last – because you you expanded the playoffs. So 86 yep. wins last year was your last wild-card spot, I believe. So, I mean, you do have to look at it and go, look, the year before, 90 would have been the seventh-place spot in the playoffs. So you are looking at 86 is right. Yeah. You're looking at, you need to be somewhere between 86 and 90 wins to get that last playoff spot. It sounds like too much. It sounds like too much to overcome, but it's fresh start with Bochi and everything. I know at noon, we'll talk about the, the exact number and all of those things. Oh, that changed. Okay. So don't worry about that. (laughs) Um, Sorry. That was a discussion based on some other things, but Okay, so my question that came up on the fan text, and I'm really interested from y'all's perspective, is do you think the elimination of the shift inherently has an impact on strikeouts? No. I don't, oh, I don't, I don't, fast I don't answer. Yeah, because I don't think it does. It's not necessarily changing too much of what you're doing. I mean, you just because I know there was times <clears throat> that I would have, you know, a shift as pull, and I'm trying to get that guy to pull, but I've already set him up to where I can go off and away too. So, I don't think the shift is going to change the way strikeouts are. I think it's just going to create uh, a little bit more of the advantage for hitters. Uh, it's, it's to me, it, it might it, increase strikeouts because now guys are more inclined to even try to pull more. Oh. See, I, it could, now, yeah, I, I don't I think so because they told like I remember CC Sabathia going hated the shift when it came into the game because he pitched in both eras and he was like once. I was convinced by my pitching coach that it doesn't matter. You don't have to pitch to our defense. We have taught every hitter in Major League Baseball to try to pull the ball and hit the ball as far as they can, and that's the only way you can hit in Major League Baseball. He's like, well, heck, if everybody's just going to try to pull the ball and hit homers and nobody's actually going to take my fastball away and try to push the ball away, then he's like, I'm fine with this defense. I just, uh, To me, I just don't like the shift. I think it's, it's a strategic game. If you can't go the other way, that's your fault as a hitter. You need to learn to try to go the other way. <clears throat> COVID in here. Uh, but yeah, Noah's uh, at the doctor right now. Hopefully he doesn't have these true. He is at issues. the doctor. But that to me, that's I, I don't I think strikeouts will pretty much say the exact same. That's just I, I don't yeah. feel the shift is gonna make a big impact of oh, strikeouts are going up because of that. I think Kevin, the most important text that's come in is from the three two five. Hey Kevin, that's a hundred and one 
wins. <laughs> that means we're going to the World Series. Okay, look. If they pitch 101 games, <laughs> we're winning 101 games with the undefeated. I will most certainly concede that if those five start those games uh-huh. and you don't lose any of them, yeah. I will obviously concede that this team is going to be an unstoppable juggernaut. Question it. on the new run sheet, because I saw the old <laughs> run sheet. It was, it's just that one segment. <laughs> is, it, is it eliminated? Because I want to ask... I pushed it to tomorrow because okay. I thought we could do it. Tomorrow. So for tomorrow, I do <laughs> sorry, think Mike. I was li- no. Well, I was listening to G Bag Nation yesterday. I was having a, a good time listening to G Bag Nation in the car, nice. and they started talking about how you know Gavin Dawson, I think, was the leader of the pack. Going, look, this team is going to make the playoffs. Derek is saying that too. I'm just wondering the over under in Vegas doesn't put the Rangers close to a play if they're right around that number. They're middle of the pack baseball team. So I'm just wondering, are we pumping up a product that Vegas doesn't see as a competitive playoff product yet? I And that's maybe for tomorrow during that topic. But because I, just, I think we did the exact same thing last year. Like, remember last year, people were like, well, obviously the Rangers have to be at least 500 or this of season's Seager a complete and total failure. And you're like, does it? Yeah. Is that a realistic expectation? That's a great question. You know what? Maybe we'll redo the run sheet again. I'm not against yeah, we can that. We do it tomorrow. We're the KNC Masterpiece. We have six weeks till the season starts. That's a good point. And that's one of the reasons we pushed it. In case you're wondering, the topic was going to be, we'll pull back the curtain, can the Rangers meet this win total? Well, that didn't feel like something that absolutely had to run today versus... No. Especially after the Mavericks game last night. They can't. No, they didn't play last night. Oh, but night. tonight they play. You know what? Just they, they, play tomorrow. they play tomorrow. You know what? I have a Mavericks topic oh, next. I'll bump it if oh, you want. Take it out. Let's see how my coming up on. next. If Kyrie were to leave the Mavs, oh, no. would this be a good consolation Why are we prize? Doing this Who came up with this topic? You did, Mike. Oh, okay. Too tough right. on this guy. Sounds like a great topic. We'll do it next, right here on the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. the rebound and look at what Dallas has a chance to do by the end of the first half they can take the lead and they do Kyrie Irving buzzer beating three and how on earth did Dallas do this 
Pete C. Masterpiece back here on 105 through the fan. If Kyrie were to leave the Mavericks, keep in mind this is a hypothetical, so don't overreact just yet. Would this be a good consolation prize? Now, Mike, you have been, correct me if you think I'm overstating this, okay. you have been bringing up the idea that it is at least possible, if not even probable, yeah. that Kyrie will bolt and most likely go to the Lakers in the offseason. That's is, what I've been told by okay. people that are in the know. People that are in the NBA circles, like agents who have clients. They This agent does not have Kyrie and does not have Luka and does not have LeBron. Obviously, LeBron is his own agency. But GM most too. people around the league that are in the circle, that know things before it happens, yeah. still feel like, at the end of the day, the Lakers aren't going to be a very good team this year. They're five games under 500 with 23 left to play. They have to go on an unbelievably great streak to probably get to the sixth spot, which nobody believes they can do around the league. They think that they can get into the play-in situation, but probably lose in the first round with their team that they have. If that happens, LeBron's not going to be happy about missing the playoffs last yep. year and then pretty much getting eliminated in the play-in situation or just losing in the first round. He really wants Kyrie Irving. Kyrie really wants to be a Laker still. It doesn't mean he won't be a Maverick for the next five years. That could happen. But most people still believe the Mavericks are going to struggle with the team that they have because they have very little defense, very little rebounding. It's going to be tough to make a playoff run. And if it happens that they lose in the first round or lose in the playoff play-in, and the Lakers do the same thing, that there's a good chance that Kyrie is going to find his way to the Lakers. It's not my opinion. This is not my opinion. This is the opinions of people that are inside the league. So I just want to run off that idea. Let's just go with that hypothesis yes. as happening. Is You asked me to go track down a couple of things, and so I decided yeah. to look into it. And there is some thought that LeBron is tired of all of the time that Anthony Davis has missed in terms of injury. And then, and then, see, Derek, you got this down, Derek's man. A pro. He I is. You guys have to turn me. the mic on. You guys taught me well. We don't. Is jerks. This Buy him five figures. This was. <laughs> this was a quote from a, another agent and executive. I had a scout I trust say the body language by AD when LeBron broke the scoring record, because you remember the whole thing was like, we're losing the game. I want to make the playoffs, which I do get. He said the the body language by AD when he when LeBron broke the scoring record wasn't a coincidence. And I had another scout tell me last week that Dallas is going to make a run at him. Anthony Davis believes that he has lost the trust of LeBron. So that brings in your beloved sign and trade Oh, is, my gosh, you're finally admitting it, Kevin. In terms of basketball, I will certainly concede to this. If Kyrie were to leave, would this be a good consolation prize? Would you view it as a consolation prize at all? Would you view it as an upgrade to get Anthony Davis? I'm not saying it's as simple as, oh, yeah, we'll sign and trade you. We'll bring Anthony Davis in. Bam, done. It's, there, there'll be more parts to it, but. It's 26 points and 10 rebounds. Like that's you're you're helping your rebound game. 
Are you helping your overall game night in, night out? I don't know because he's, what, 33 games this year, 40 last year, 36 the year before. He missed a lot of time. So, it's, I mean, that was frustrating. Yeah, the last time he was healthy was COVID. Yeah, and that was frustrating for Luca to have KP out that, that frequently. So how excited is he going to be to have this guy out that frequently as well, if, that's, if, if he is out that often? Right. So that would be frustrating for me as a fan, too, is I don't know what I can, if I can rely on this guy. But – I also know when he's on the court, he can be a dominant figure on there. He can do a lot of different things, too. But, Mike, for me, this is, comes down to a question of, is this just another guy that's going to land here and then say, all right, where's my next destination? To that point, yes, Anthony Davis got tired of the New Orleans Pelicans. Almost everybody around the league, from what I understand, say Anthony Davis is not a, a personality issue at all. He is a injury concern, a yeah. major injury concern, because unfortunately, if he's on your team, he, when healthy, is one of the best big men in the game. You could probably say Jokic won, Embiid two, and honestly, I think most people would say Anthony Davis is the third best big man in the NBA. Your issue is, is that he's only going to play possibly half the season. He's now had a two-and-a-half-year stretch where you're only going to get about 40 games out of him, and that is – the major issue with him, and that's why he would be available. If he was playing as well as he did in COVID year, bubble year, the LA Lakers would have a top four seed right now. We'd be talking about how LeBron's going for his sixth or seventh championship because he found the perfect partner in Anthony Davis to kind of take over the reins of the LA Lakers while he kind of takes a little bit of a step back or co-starring with Anthony Davis, but it hasn't happened. It's frustrated LeBron James. Anthony Davis, obviously we're hearing rumors that he's not feeling as loved in LA as he wants to, kind of in a different way, the way Kyrie wasn't feeling loved in Brooklyn the way he wanted to feel. And so for me, if, this is an if, if Kyrie wants to be a Laker and there's nothing we can do to keep him here, and, and we still have to play out this situation, but if we get to it, which everybody's talking about around the league, then I do think Anthony Davis is a good consolation prize because the worst thing in the world would be this, because if somebody says, not right next to me to my left, I don't want Anthony Davis. Well, do you want nobody? Like, do you want next year, do you want no draft pick, no free agent money, and to just lose Kyrie for nothing? Because at that point, you have, you've, you've now told Luka, you, you have to leave in two to three years. Like, you have no option but to leave because we are not even going to be competing in the NBA if you lose Kyrie for nothing. I I don't care. Go ahead. I fine. We we lose and we get nothing. I'm not. You're basically getting nothing anyway. You can't even keep him on the court. So what's the point of sign and trade and get that? Now, cool. What do we get? A pick? You said with it or whatever? No, you'd get nothing. Like you if get, if you say we're not trading. No, no, no. You if, to we LA, did, if you did trade him, what do you get? Anthony Davis. And that's it. Yeah, pretty yeah. much. So I'm I don't not care. sure. I'm I don't I, want him. I'm not 100 percent sure. The legit. I would have to think that over just a little bit. Yeah. The logistics of what. If any draft compensation, I didn't know that we were going to get Kai. I never would have thought. We only have one pick left to trade, and I'm pretty sure in this situation they might not be trading. At the beginning of the season, I never would have thought Kyrie would be on this team. So there's got to be something that I don't know that that could happen. Like one of those something wild could happen. The player, if you had the player, that's what I'm looking at the most. I'd love to see how he and Luca can work together and what they can accomplish together. Mike, but before that though, I I hope this is just my hope is that Kyrie and Luka give everything yes. they have through this playoff run 
and that we can we can part ways going, man, thanks, Kyrie, appreciate the run and everything, instead of, man, that dude took the jersey off, threw it in the stands, and didn't even want to play the last game of the playoffs. I, and I'm not saying that he that could happen or that he is that kind of person, but I want, the, man, go give us a playoff run. Give us everything you guys got. And, and here's the dynasty thing uh, with Luka, which I want it to become a dynasty here in Dallas. Nico at some point, or Mark Cuban, whoever's really running the thing, and I do think Nico has pretty good say there, is you have to start knowing who you're building around. You can't keep interchanging the second and third guys with Luka because if you look at the, look at the Golden State Warriors, yes, they did get Kevin Durant, but their front office knew we are now building around Curry, Thompson, and Green. This is our core, and we know our three guys, and now it's a lot easier to know how to build the right team around these three guys. And if you do lose Kyrie, you have to now start all over on how you're building a team again around yeah. Luca, which becomes very tough. Yeah, I just going with the Luke or Kyrie thing. Personally, I feel like, and I hope I'm I'm right, but it's still tough because obviously he could go to the Lakers. But I hope he's just like, okay, you know what? I've already I've won a championship with uh, LeBron. I think I want to try to do this here. I want to see what the Mavs are trying to do. They're, I he hope that they're going to demanded a trade last week, two weeks ago, before he got traded to Dallas. His demand was, I want to go to the Lakers. That was his demand. And the owner said, I want you to trade him. I'm sick of him. Do not trade him to the Lakers. Yeah, that was, that was, that was the owner. He said that one of come the out and said, <laughs> Kyrie said, I wanted to go to really one team. I didn't want to be in Brooklyn, but I wanted to be a Laker. And then the okay, owner then. said... Trade him. Do not trade him and, to the Lakers. And I don't want to get it twisted. I think, I believe all of our first choices is, no, this Kyrie thing works out just yes, great. And we roll forward. That's why we said consolation prize. Yes. Because I, I am I understand what you're saying, Derek, and I see the fan techs who are mad about just the prospect of Anthony Davis. I'm not suggesting that's the route you should go instead. Just if you get to the spot where he's like, I'm going to leave. Do you want to get something for me or not? If that is an acceptable consolation prize. Okay, what if they end up, what if Cuban just decides after the season, all right, I'm going to show you that I want to keep you here. I'll go get one more piece for us that we need and then signs Kyrie to the long-term deal. Then what? That'd that, be great. We, now, the problem is, is there's salary you, caps in the NBA, and we're not, we don't have like the best of picks, and you have to get somebody who wants to come here. And the NBA is so much more agent controlled and player controlled than MLB. When a player wants something and they're a free agent, they just get tough. it in this league. Like yeah. it's, it's, a, it's amazing. I said it's tough when, oh, said soft, dang no, it. no, no. It's tough when they're like, this is what I want. And I mean, you saw that with KD. It took like, what, 36 because hours to make that happen? If Kyrie wants to go to the Lakers in the offseason, I get they only have $34 million to spend if they let everybody go except for Anthony Davis and LeBron James. But they'd have to let every player go off of their team and have two players. And then they have to sign 13 league minimum guys to their team. The Lakers don't want to do that. But if Kyrie says, I want to go to the Lakers, and LeBron says, I want him here, and the Lakers say, we'll get him here. They don't have to trade Anthony Davis to us. This is the thing is they'll just start moving around players yeah. to other teams. So if you're like, I don't want Anthony Davis, the Lakers will be like, that's fine. We'll figure out a way. Anthony Davis is wanted in this league. There mm -hmm. will be teams, whether it's Charlotte, whether it's Boston, whether it's somebody who will go, we will figure out a way how to get Anthony Davis off of your books for somewhat nothing. Yep. And then Kyrie goes to L.A. and the Mavericks are sitting there going, all right, next year we're looking at Luka Doncic, Josh Green, and Jaden Hardy. Uh, Luka, how you feel, buddy? And we got we signed Dwight Powell back. We don't even like Christian Wood, so we're not signing him back. 
So, you know, and there could be more to the trade. It could be a three-team trade. And yeah. Not, it's just a, it's a thing that you have to listen to this, Maverick fans. The Mavericks understand that Kyrie might not be here for the next three to five years. The Mavericks also want Kyrie here for the next three to five years, but they know Nico Harrison, Mark Cuban already know there's a possibility that in the offseason, if Kyrie decides, I want to be a Laker, the Mavericks know a couple of paths to not losing Kyrie for nothing. And it might be from what we hear, it might be that the Mavericks really do like Anthony Davis. They do? Yes. You know they do. Because they, they know he'd be yeah, perfect yeah. if healthy. Let's let's be honest here. If healthy, but that's a yeah. 50-50 proposition at best. He would be perfect for Luka. Yes. You would have your big guy who rebounds the ball 15 times a game. You would have a he super pick and roll. score, right? You'd have a guy who does it all defensively, who's a great offensive player. The issue, problem is, is can I get 65 to 70 games out of him? If I do, he's a better compliment. Let's be honest. He's a better compliment than Kyrie Irving. If they're both completely, totally healthy, Anthony Davis is a better compliment. The issue is, is you're only getting half seasons out of Anthony Davis, and that's why LeBron is tired of it. We're the KNC Masterpiece right here on 105 Through the Fan. Thanks, y'all, for rocking with us today. Coming up next, how about some baseball nuggets with Mike Bassick and Derek Holland? There's two guys that were supposed to take over the league, and why did they have a bad 22, and who could bounce back more in 23? Next. KNC Masterpiece right here on 105.3 The Fan right now. It's time for some baseball nuggets with Mike Bassick and Derek Holland. All right, Derek Holland, I saved this for you today, and I've been wondering this. There's two players from the 2018 rookie class. Juan Soto, who by every standard, and I know my dad is like, oh, this guy and that guy. No, listen. Juan Soto had the best teenage year in Major League Baseball history. Yes, you can go look up at Ken Griffey Jr. stats versus Juan Soto stats. Even Juan Soto outperformed Ken Griffey Jr. at 19 years old. That's how good Juan Soto was when he hit the Major Leagues in 2018-2019. He was a major part of the Washington Nationals winning the World Series. Then you had Ronald Acuna Jr., who actually won the Rookie of the Year in 2018. And then almost had a 40-40 year at 21 years old. If he wouldn't have got hurt in the month of September, he ended up with 37 stolen bases. And it was an injury that caused him to stop trying to steal bases late in the year. He had 41 home runs. So this is a guy at 21 years old, had 41 home runs, 37 stolen bases from the leadoff spot. And it was, here's the deal. These two guys are about to take over Major League Baseball. Yes, Mike Trout has been the best player in baseball for a while. Mookie Betts has been the other kind of outfielder guy, not comparable. But this is who's next. But this is who's next. And last year, Ronald Acuna Jr. coming off of a major injury, uh, you know, blowing out his knee in 2021, ended up playing in 119 games. In those 119 games, he had 15 home runs. He batted 266 with a 764 OPS. If you go back to his rookie, if you just go back to the year before when he got hurt at halfway through the season, 82 games. His OPS was at 990 um, at that point with 24 home runs uh, and 17 stolen bases. So he wasn't trending towards his 40-40 year, but he was probably going to pop 40 home runs and steal 30 bags again. And he just had a down year. When you go to Juan Soto, obviously the big news about Juan Soto last year was he was traded from the Nationals uh, to the San Diego Padres. But if you look at Juan Soto's numbers, 
from you know his previous years he went to total wise if you look at both teams he batted 242 his career batting average is 287 in the shortened season of covid he batted 351 so to give you wow. an idea if you just look at the year wow. before he batted 313 so 242 was by far his lowest batting average by far so i'm wondering derek you've probably did you get to face both these guys mm-hmm so they're both great hitters, uh, very different. Obviously, National League, and I know you've been recently more American League with Detroit. So I just didn't know if if possibly an interleague player or whatever you got to face these guys. But who do you think is going to have a bigger bounce back year in 2023, Acuna or Soto? Well, and first, why? first, I want to say, I don't know if I did face Soto. Okay. I think I have, but I'm not sure. Um, but for me, who's going to have the bigger bounce back year? I, I honestly, I mean... The guy that's going to stand out is going to be Acuna. I think he's going to have the bigger year. But I, th- with Soto's lineup, that's where it changes for me. That's where I, I start to think that, yeah, Acuna is going to be the guy. But in all honesty, I think it's going to be Soto because there's so many weapons around him mm-hmm. that you can't pitch around him to get to Machado or pitch around – yeah, most likely Those. after 19 games, it will be Tatis leading off, Soto batting second, Machado <laughs> batting third, and Xavier, Xavier, Xander Bogarts batting fourth. So that's why that's I their think first four guys, all all stars, all potential Hall of Famers. That's the big key. I think that's what's going to help Soto get back to being Soto. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think the more impressive because of the numbers that you just put out there. I mean, his career batting average was 283. What What'd you say Acuna's was? Uh, I pulled up Soto. Uh, I would say Acuna's probably batting average. I'm going to guess is in the 270s. If somebody can pull that up for me for career. So okay, we'll we'll just scratch it. 277. Then. There you go. 277. So yeah, I I mean they're both right 287 there. 287 for so obviously Soto's, Soto's on base percentage is a lot more because he draws. Uh, you know, the last two years he's drawn um 180 walks in the last two wow. years. Wow. Sorry, 280 walks. I wow. feel like Soto, Soto for the most part, has a better plate discipline. Yeah. And I think he's he has more pressure to be the bounce back guy because I I think he was the guy that they were trying to make into the new face of baseball. Yeah. Besides okay. Tatis. So I wanted to look at this. Uh, obviously, we were having fun with your uh, awesome top, draft. top players, right, at each position. So I wanted to ask you this. Right now at catcher's top 10 right now, they have JT Real Muto at number one and Will Smith at number two. Do you believe those are the two top catchers in the game today? And if not, who would you have in the top two? Real Muto is definitely number one. Adley Rutschman. Rutsch, Rushman? Uh-huh. Rushman. Yeah, sorry. He's number three. He, yeah, way. that's what I was going to say. He's at three, and he, to me, has made the biggest improvement, especially with the rotation of the Orioles and what he's done with that. That's where I kind of feel like he should be number two. Okay. Will Smith has got a good, solid veteran staff <clears throat> for the most part. So I would definitely – that's the only reason why I give Adley the, the higher hand. What makes a, like a good catcher for a pitcher? Being What's, able to have the same sequence, being on the same page, uh, just the way he frames and sets up, I think those are the big factors for me. I don't worry about the offensive side just because you're more concerned with the defense. And, and him knowing his pitchers, knowing your strengths, knowing your weaknesses, knowing the batter's strengths – and their weaknesses versus you. Yeah. Like they they do a lot of research. A lot like of trust what, then for yeah, okay. you should be able to go out there on the mound and be like, okay, I'm good with what he calls. I agree with all that. I think also to add to that, your kind of six fifteen meeting that you have with your does that still happen with your mm-hmm. pitching coach catcher? 
at 615-705 first pitch, you have about a 10-minute meeting with your catcher and with your pitching coach over the whole lineup and your basic general how you're going to attack each hitter in the lineup one through nine. If your catcher's engaged with that and has great ideas, it makes you feel even more confident. If he's just sitting there and looking like, I don't know, like I'm a rookie or I don't know what it, then you're like, I'm going to have to shake a little bit more because either he's not confident or he's not engaged yeah. in this situation. And then you're in between innings when you're sitting down on the bench when that catcher is, hey, good job doing this. Or, hey, I know you're a little bit off. You're breaking balls a little bit flat right now. I'll, I'll make sure to call it in right situations. We're going to get, you know, like stuff like that also adding to what you're talking Communication's about. Communication's huge. And I do, I think, as a starting pitcher when I was pitching, I like to be able to talk to you in between innings for the most part. I don't like to go over too many things because I don't want to overthink it. But knowing that, hey, like Mike was saying, you come in, curveball's working, slider's a little bit off, but we're going to keep throwing it, though. Don't don't back off of it. Let's keep going with it. Like, he's giving you that confidence. Like, you might be upset. Like, man, this isn't really working right now. But he's telling you, we're really close. Looks let's different keep doing from this it. side. Let's, let's okay. keep trusting it. Gotcha. Shortstop. This is the toughest position in baseball to say who the top two are right now. They have Trey Turner and Carlos Correa as the top two shortstops in the game. Yeah, uh, Trey Turner, I'll give definitely number one. I, I don't, I'm not uh, sold on Carlos Correa. Um, oh. I would I would say I really like Lindor. He's number five. Than, I like him better. Yeah, they I have got Bogarts number three and Seager number four. See, I have Tatis over here at two and Bichette is three, but Bichette created a lot of errors. Same, and I got Where's Bobby Tatis? Witt at five. Is he gonna? He's off the list because yeah. he didn't play, and I don't think he's going to be shortstop yeah. anymore. So he's actually not on any of these lists on position players anymore, even though he was on the list of top one hundred. Because right now. he's going to be squeezed out from there. All right, Correct. and by the way, top three will be Bobby Witt Jr. will be on this list next year. Yes. Too, so, all right, second baseman Jose Altuve and Jeff McNeil. This isn't the strongest position uh, in baseball. I think Altuve is really easy. Uh, last year, Cattell Marte was number one. Yeah, I, I like Altuve, number one. I got Marcus Simeon, number okay. two. They had him number two last year. They have him number four now. Third baseman. Rangers are going to be awesome. Your guy, not even on the list, Matt Chapman in 10. Is that what, is that what led a, to the explosion about your yes, team? Like yes. Matt Chapman, Manny Machado, <laughs> number one, and Jose Ramirez, number two. I would have Jose Ramirez, number one. Raphael Devers. Okay. I really thought you were going to say Matt Chapman. Oh, I was going to I was doing it to be funny. Jose Ramirez honest, was other, one last year and Devers was two last year. I would have also probably put as a another guy up there two guys that I could add. Okay. Manny Machado and Nolan Arenado. Well, Manny Machado is number 1. Th- Machado's one and Jose Ramirez is two. Oh, you did say one. Okay, I was looking at my list, that's why. Sorry. <laughs> he wasn't I number get 1. It. On, okay. You're mm-hmm. looking at a bet 2022. Was he number 7 on that list? Who? Machado. No, he's 3. Okay. All right. First baseman, Paul Goldschmidt and Freddie Freeman. Are those the two best first basemen in the game today? Yeah, I can't argue that. Guerrero's three, by the way. I think yep. he gets into the definitely into the conversation. I mean, Pete Alonzo's in it. Yeah. I, I got Anthony Rizzo is a guy that I think he's he's got like a shovel at first. Yeah. I think he should be higher up than what he is. I'd say he's number three. How good is this position? Shovel, How about this? Know. Right field. Aaron Judge one. Mookie Betts two. Bryce Harper is three. Kyle Tucker is four. Ronald Acuna Jr. is five. That's a strong position in the game today in right Obviously, field. Obviously, Bryce Harper's overrated, but I, I hear what you're saying. Yep. By the way, they did actually. <laughs> they actually, I, I didn't know this. They have Fernando Tatis Jr. at number nine. 
Dang, so low. Man, yeah. that is a loaded position. I can't pull up the outfielders now, so you're... But Judge and Betts, I think that's the right one-two combination uh, in right field. Center field we did earlier uh, in the year, and that was we were surprised at least that Byron Buxton has all the ability in the world, but I think center field is a very weak position in Major League Baseball right now. Mike Trout won Byron Buxton to Julio Rodriguez, number three. Is are we to the point where like people just kind of accept that Byron Buxton, all the talent in the world or not, will never be the idealized version of what everyone hoped yeah. he could have been? Yeah, because and of I the know injuries. in a weird way it's different, but we just did a topic on Anthony Davis, Anthony Davis yeah. and it's like all the abilities there, and when he is healthy, it is awesome. Yeah, but it's just rare that he's going to be healthy and, and show it. Left field is Jordan Alvarez and that, Juan Soto. He, he, I don't think he belongs out there. Because he's a DH. Yeah, he's full-time DH. you got to give somebody else the... Schwarber is number three on the list. Do you think it's it's Soto and Schwarber if you're going to take Jordan off the list? Schwarber, I love the guy. That outfielding is not really his thing. (laughs) I will say that. He is. He's... I hate it. I have to say something bad, but he's he's not the greatest of outfielders. I'm not going to go to starting pitching because there's a lot there. How about this to finish this off real quick? Relief pitchers. Is Edwin Diaz and Emmanuel Clase the two best closers in baseball? Hmm. We got Man, I He was in our blue jerseys too. I think it was a Sunday day game where yeah. he had the powder blues on. Uh, they, that was really nice. Those two are definitely I would say you're probably one and two, but man, Hader's got to be really close because you got to think he was dominating. I get it. He kind of struggled this yeah. past year, but he was dominating for a while Yeah, with just one f- pitch, basically. He's going to walk everybody this year because they're just going to be like, beep, didn't take it. You took too much time. <laughs> beep, took too much time. Like he's going to have to cut his time in half. He's a, f- I've timed him before against the Rangers. He takes about 36 seconds in between pitches to throw. Yeah, I mean, well. Cool. By the way, I mean, if you want to know how steroids work, what? Emmanuel Classe showed how steroids work. I mean, he's not wrong. That no, dude had peg legs clock. and then got busted for steroids, came back with thunder thighs, and then was just <laughs> dominating baseball. I got how a friend that? that could use steroids for his legs. <laughs> really want to point out, we're not advocating that whatsoever, though. Well... Okay, Mike, that's not helpful. It's Coming illegal. up next. You can't do it. Coming up next. I don't approve. And then, Taking steroids. And no. With Mike Bassett. No. If you do them right. Oh. No. Showed what no. Not, I you ever approved. wonder how they get paint up on that sign? NBA player poll. The best city, the best trash talker, and who the players want to see win sign. a ring, plus trash all-star ratings next right here in the fan. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission.